0: Parental advisory. Great. Mistakes. To finish out the section, I'd like to cover, answer the question really, what kind of a leader I was from my perspective, and then maybe tell a couple stories. being the first transition into leadership i said that i really didn't have a problem with people not doing what they were supposed to be doing and i had to get on them or have some i don't you know people just did what they were supposed to do when i asked and i for the most part from my perspective i don't know i don't so much do it anymore but when I was in charge, I made changes about myself. One of them was how I spoke to people. I tried to really pay attention to that when I wanted them to do something, maybe even when I didn't. I asked my dad when I became leader, a leader, do you have any advice for me? The... Story he told, the idea that stuck with me, that sticks with me to this day. I'm sure he told me more than one sentence, whatever. But he said, when you're a manager, you'll walk up to people and sincerely ask them, is there anything you need? Is everything going okay? How are you? Oh, everything's great. You walk away. They look at each other what an asshole. People might not tell you everything. Pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to what those people are doing. Develop a relationship with those people. So when you ask the question, they'll maybe will give you an answer. Be the sort of person that if you ask the question. Some people don't like to well, I really need pencils. well, why can't you do with pins? Be the person who takes on board the advice they're giving you. I also didn't want to be so that's why I looked around i some of the problems obviously I was familiar with because I was coming from their position to be the lowest member of kind of being in charge so not really in charge. I also, before then, I didn't care so much about my uniform or my haircut. I just rocked whatever was going on, did whatever I felt like to try to bare minimum would be would be the good term for it. When I took a position of leadership, I thought, I don't want to walk around with a crappy uniform and unshined boots or whatever on watch I would polish my shoes not not so much so that I was a dig it, but my shoes were always black my haircut was always set I didn't if I had a dirty uniform I would wash it or I, that sort of a thing I was trying to be you know a good leader, you don't look up to somebody. Tofer, you can't ask somebody to do something you're not doing. I don't think that's appropriate. I forgot what the second thing was. I'm going to move on. I've blathered on long enough about that nonsense. People would, human nature, give you a hard time. People would not do what they were supposed to sometimes. I actually kept a list. I would walk around Every time I notice something, and you'll notice things. When you're there all the time, 24-7, oh my gosh, that way up there in the ceiling, don't you see that? That's loose. And then I'm going to write it down. Nobody else noticed it. It's had to have been that way a long, long time. As a matter of fact going down the starboard ladder well from the fourth deck into upper level when you got about halfway down, somewhere around there, you could see even with a lighting fixture, every single lighting fixture, every single single screw was supposed to be tight. One of the bolts, I believe it was to the top, 20 feet in the air, hanging out, couldn't climb on anything to get there. It wasn't tight. You could see some threads. I had that written down. Somebody would piss me off. I'd say, you come here for a minute. We'd walk halfway down the steps, and I'd say, you see that? Yep. Do you want to fix that? No. I don't even know how I would fix it. Neither do I. And if you want that to be your next job, keep it up. From now on, though, you're not going to do that, are you? Nope. You're damn right. Let's get to it. I guess I didn't really like to put up with too much crap, but I was always looking out for everybody, like I said. A story about that that I think was funny. (laughs) I, uh, I also remember it, too. I remember funny stuff. But I remember it because I feel... Maybe now that I'm a little older and seen some other stuff, it's one of the aspects of the Navy that I did like is stories like this. For whatever reason, I think there should be maybe more of a happy medium. But the Navy does one thing. A lot, of, a lot of businesses just, let's say, do it a different way. And the Navy, anytime anything happened, it was your fault tornado hit your car your fault earthquake your fault don't be late it's your fault something happened your fault you complain screw you you don't like what i said get over it on the flip side is that people will make the oddest complaints weirdest nonsense and then the management will hmm Maybe let's think about that one for a little bit. What are you talking about? This guy's being a pussy. Tell him to shut the fuck up. That would be the Navy response. And this is kind of a story about that. I'm sitting in switchgear. I think it was Herrera. Maybe Sanchez. One of those guys. We're sitting on the floor in switchgear. Shooting the breeze. Electrical operators chilling. Or maybe, yeah, I'm pretty sure we were underway. The door opens and somebody walks in. I don't remember who. Said, "Hey, I see you. When I came down the stairs, there was a little section over there that was dirty. Can you can you go sweep that for me? Well, why can't he do it? Listen, motherfucker, if I fucking tell you to clean the goddamn." fourth deck you sweep the whole motherfucker I don't want to fucking listen to your shit you dumb motherfucker and I just all sorts of stuff I don't even know what I said but it was something along those lines I swore at him as the door was closing until the all the little latches latched and that's when I looked back at the other guy and we laughed then I told the other guy hey I'm going to go, don't worry. I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to make it all right. Said, are you going to go right now? Nope, I'm going to let him stew for a little bit. We sat there and BS for maybe five minutes. And uh, if you hear a noise, I'm getting a drink. But I walked outside. Walked outside. He's sweeping. I'm sure pissed off. Said, hey, what were you doing last night It. Midnight, why well, I was asleep in my rack. Yeah, I know you were asleep in your rack because you had the 130 watch, didn't you? Yep, and you know why you were asleep in your rack? Why is that? Because I didn't rack you out. I didn't. I could have, but I didn't pick you, and I didn't pick you because you had the 130 watch. You know who I did pick? Who? Let's say it was Herrera. I picked Herrera. Guy's sitting in switch gear. I picked him. And he was up all that time, past that time that you would have had to go to watch, fixing this thing. So you didn't have to wake up early, miss all your sleep, get off watch, and then still be responsible for that right now. Did you know that? No. you got goddamn right you didn't know that. Because I didn't tell you. Because it's none of your business. Why do you think you're sleeping, sweeping the floor instead of him? Well, because he did a whole bunch of work that I didn't do. That's right. And would you rather do the whole bunch of work or would you rather just sweep the floor? Well, I'd rather just sweep the floor. So you don't want me to rack you out at midnight when you got the 1.30 watch. No, I don't. Okay, trust me. This is only going to work if you trust me. I'm looking out for you every second of the day. I'm not going to come find you and let you know what I'm doing so that you can approve or disapprove. And then I'm going to change it just so you can fucking feel good. What you're going to do is trust me that I'm looking out for you. And when I ask you to sweep the floor, just sweep the floor. If I asked you to do it and not somebody else, there's probably a reason. I'm not going to stick it to you. I'm looking out for you. So I guess... Yeah, I thought it was funny. (laughs) I thought it was funny. But I also don't think that as a leader, I don't think every single complaint that comes your way should be, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Sometimes some people just need to be told no about not, I wouldn't say 100% of the time. Far, far rarely, I guess, I'm trying to say it should rarely be done, but it shouldn't be never. Another, I think, aspect of my leadership, we had, and I don't remember if this was from when I was assistant work center, or work center, soup. we had like a weekly maintenance sheet. It was due on Wednesday to the executive officer, so they wanted everybody to hand it in on Mondays people wouldn't sign it i would have to go track them down on sunday my day off everybody's day off i didn't want to grab this sheet run around like crazy track everybody down and get them to sign it monday morning all of the bosses would come in and say where's your sheet and they'd say oh it's missing some signatures i'll get it signed and every time they would give me hell at this point they were my friends more than you know how 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 a friendly boss would give you hell not not the mother effer sort of a way man you got you're late every week come on man yeah i'm late every week but it's not due till wednesday i'll get it to you this afternoon maybe tomorrow morning at the latest it'll be it'll be fine it'll be all right i this occurred on the Oh, 08 deployment when I was uh, the assistant work center suit for the most part I was real busy real busy trying to do a good job trying to read the books trying to learn Garner and I we didn't have somebody explaining us how to do stuff everything it's like every time you go into the kitchen to make a sandwich you've never done it before and you've never been in that kitchen you have to open up every drawer to find out where the bread is Then you want to eat breakfast, and then there's, well, where the hell's the cereal? Everything was a chore. I realized, at one point I realized I haven't seen the sun in weeks. The top side of my arm was the same color as the bottom, pasty white. The next couple weeks I made a point, I'm just going to come out every day. When it's during the day, it's bright outside, I'm going to get some vitamin D, man, see the sun. Another time, I realized I hadn't played a video game. I hadn't seen a movie for several weeks. I had taken zero time for myself. Maybe I would bullshitted with somebody or whatever, but I, I didn't have a moment of relaxing. I went to the low dispatcher lounge. The other way I would relax, people were always trying to find, hey, something's happened, something's happened, something's happened. Get, get this guy, get that guy. The boss is looking for you to ask about something. A guy's looking for you because he can't fix something. A guy's looking for you because he needs something. Somebody's looking for me for checkouts because I can sign. They say about parenting, just go to the bathroom and lock yourself in sometimes when you just need a break. For me, I don't know, maybe if you had triplets or something. For me, I figured out to do laundry. You had to do your own laundry. The uniforms had to go to the ship's laundry. You could wash all of your clothes in the ship's laundry. But it wasn't the best. You would put everything into a laundry bag. But it was a little mesh sort of rope bag with your name on it throw it in the ship's laundry, everything's washed together, and then it comes back. You could take your whites out, underwear, whatever, go to the ship's laundry and wash those yourselves. Wash your regular clothes if you came back from a port call or something. There was a long list, you had to sign up for it certain times. Never wanted to go there, never knew how to do it really I did a lot of washing in the ship's laundry until someone told me on this deployment, you don't actually have to sign up what you do. Say laundry was every hour and a half or two hours. Figure out the schedule. Go down there 15 minutes late. Still have plenty of time to do a couple loads. Ask. Often people don't show up. Somebody doesn't show up for 15 minutes. It's like the college deal. Your professor doesn't show up for 15 minutes. You don't have to. You can leave. You don't have to show up for class. I would sit. Do my laundry on somebody else's slotted time. And listen to Harry Connick Jr. Some jazz music. And that was how. That was kind of, for the most part, that's how I relaxed on that deployment and afterward too. But especially then, just a moment by myself, headphones, iPod up all the way. Another story from this time frame. There was a very expensive piece of equipment that broke, the sort of equipment you can't just order a part for. If your car breaks, you can just replace the, I can't even think of something, the throttle body valve. You can just replace a solenoid. You can just replace a spark plug. This was more like if I need a new phone, I just go buy the whole thing. I don't take my phone apart and try to figure the component and replace that. Also, happened to be ridiculously expensive. Took up the whole budget for our department. I found this out. Now we never had Phillips head screwdrivers, and we would run out of nine-sixteenths wrenches. I don't know how. I don't know where they went. I don't know if somebody to- took them. If, if, It's baffling because even if it fell, where could it go? Maybe they just continually got locked into some machine after some maintenance. I have no idea. I don't remember ever opening up a piece of equipment and finding a wrench. We're low on wrenches. I go to supply saying, hey, we're low on wrenches. Can you order a couple of 9 16th wrenches for two plant? Nope. No, I don't need the whole sets. I just need two, three, four, whatever you can get. One at least 9 16th wrenches. No, we can't do that. You can't order one freaking wrench. Look, this thing broke. Yeah, I know. Well, they're expensive. Yeah, I figured that. Took all our budget. Oh, okay. We don't have a dollar to buy anything for the rest of this quarter. We got another six weeks in this quarter. Yep. Yep. We only have one 9-16th wrench. Sorry. I guarded that 9-16th wrench. It was in my pocket. The 9-16th wrench is by far the most common amount of bolts in an aircraft carrier, probably worldwide in the English system. But it was, I, it's still mind-blowing to me that you can't order a wrench. How are you supposed to do your maintenance when you can't open anything up? You can't open anything up without a 9 16th wrench. I was saying how common the 9 16th wrench was. I could eyeball, and I cannot at all anymore, but I could eyeball not literally every, but all of the common sizes we used. I could eyeball it. And this is how I would eyeball it. Is that a 9 16 Yes. Is that a 9 16 It's bigger. Is it a little bigger? Or is it a lot bigger? It's a 3 quarters. It's a 9 16 It's smaller. Is it a little smaller? Maybe it's a half. If it's a lot smaller, maybe it's a 7 16 The story goes, I had this 9-16th wrench. It got to be, I'm not sure, maybe one plant didn't have any. People came up to me nonstop from both plants. We also had two electrical division in each plant. One of them was bigger. One of them was much smaller. I had all these groups of people coming up to me. Hey, I heard you had a 9-16th wrench. Yes, I do have a 9-16th wrench. It's in my pocket. Well, I'm trying to do some maintenance. What maintenance? Blah, 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 blah. Clean and inspect a motor. Okay, how long is this going to take you? It's going to take me three hours. How long is it going to take you if things go bad? Four hours. At the end of four hours, are you going to bring it right back to me? No, I've got watch. Okay. After watch, then you're going to give it to me. That'll be such and such time? Yes. Directly after watch, you will come to me with this wrench, and you will give it to me, and I'm going to put it back in my pocket. Do not give it to somebody else and say, can you take this to him? Do not do that. You personally will take it to me. Someone else needs to use the wrench, you do not give it to them. You will personally bring it back to me. They want to get it as fast as they can. Have them come down here Find me after your watch with you. The two of you will walk up to me. You will physically place that wrench directly in my hand and say, here you go. I will take that wrench, look at the other person, have this exact same conversation with him. Then I will give them the wrench. Do you understand the terms and conditions of you using my 916th wrench? Yes. Six weeks of that. Six weeks, I was a library. For the one single 19-16th wrench for like a 100-person work center who needs a 9-16th wrench. I was checking that bad boy out all day long. That's probably the other reason people were always coming up to me on that deployment. Can't get one 9-16th wrench because we spent all of our budget on one expensive piece of power plant equipment. This has been going on maybe a month kind of nearing the end. I think McCoy was in supply at that time. He's a good friend. Love him to death. I would go hang out in supply. And supply was in this, oh, I'm trying to think. Let's just call it an 05 and above, because I don't remember. Or O four O five 05 and above. There are these ladder wells That everybody can use. And then there's like the super elite ladder wells. The commanding officer's ladder wells. And you have to be at least an 06 or an 05 to get on there. Now, every part of a ship is very important. Space is a priority and limited. The supply for reactor electrical was you'd go into the commanding officer's ladder well. By the way, it's the shiniest place you'll ever see. Every piece of brass is solidly shined, 100%. The floor is immaculate. It had a different handrail on it instead of, well, I think the other ones might have just been metal. This had a wide piece of wood with stripes on it of different colors that was varnished and lacquered and beautiful and cleaned every second. Not a speck of dust in there. It's crazy, crazy clean. We'd walk up there. Hey, what are you guys doing in here? We're going to the office right there. Okay, that's fine. They continue on their way. One day we're in there. An officer is in there. But this time, I'm helping McCoy. Pretty sure it was McCoy. Carry a file cabinet. This big, huge file cabinet. Like a six foot I don't they're not six foot I can see the top of file cabinets F- a five foot one you know a, a big one he's carrying one end I'm carrying the other end trying not to let my one and only dadgum 9 16th wrench fall out of my pocket I tell you what we're carrying it up the stairs we get it to the we get it to the floor we're going to and we set it down actually we weren't quite to the floor. Regardless. We'd have to go up the stairs, maybe there was a bend in it, and now I can't even remember. But we had to get somewhere, set it down, open a door, go through there, close that door, open another door to get to the actual room we were going. And in that process of carrying it up the ladder well and setting it down and opening the door, this officer walks through, and says, what are you guys doing in here carrying that dadgum file cabinet? thinking maybe we're going up just one level and we're taking a shortcut or something. Our office is over here. We're going in there to put this file cabinet because we need another file cabinet now. Oh, okay. Well, hey, just make sure that you don't drop that file cabinet or scoot it on the floor because we just paid $50,000 to redo this last week whenever it was. $50,000 $50,000 they spent to redo the cleanest ladder well that only the captain of the ship can walk through with his senior elite folks. But if you want to operate a nuclear power plant, we have one freaking nine-sixteenths wrench. One. You can't reallocate part of the 50000 Why don't we do that project next quarter and we'll give You know, the people who are making this ship go forward will give them some money in case they need something to fix something that's broke. Hell no. We're not going to do that. That would be ridiculous. Instead, we need to make sure we blow our portion of the $700 billion that we get every year on a bunch of bullshit. I was floored. I'm floored now. I was more irritated at the time cuz I just wanted another wrench. It would make my life so much easier. But that's that's the navy for you. Often I think it's more about personal ego and pride than anything. All right. The last part of my assistant works center supervisor story. For this time frame, from maybe January to April or May, I actually received a Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal, which was was one of my goals I had set for myself. You know, load dispatcher, get a Nam. I was hoping to get one if you do really well your whole time on the ship and you leave the ship getting out, in my case, being sent to another command, often they will give you a navy and marine corps achievement medal for that. That was my thought process of if I really do well maybe I'll get one then. Instead, I got one sooner, which was awesome. So thank you. All the people who put me up for that. The reason I'm saying this, you get um, an eval is based off of, an eval is based off of your awards, your test score, and your eval. I'm trying to, re- I feel like I've already said this before, but maybe it was just when I was writing out the notes. That's kind of a struggle for me. Sometimes I don't always write out the notes. I've been trying to just write little blurbs. I have more information on this one. I thought more about it and it was pretty recent. I feel like I've said this already, but then I think, no, it was just when you were writing the notes. Hopefully, I haven't said it. All right, your promotion from E4 to E5, it's based off of your score, how long you've been in that, you know, your time in rate, your score on the test, your score average based off of the evaluations you get. Higher evals are worth more, lower evals are worth less. Then there's an award component. A captain's letter is, I think, worth nothing, but an admiral's letter is worth a point. A Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal and AM, it's worth two points. We take the test in the spring and in the fall, like March and September. Get the results in May. In November, I don't know. It ends up, I don't make E five. That go around, I make E five in the fall, but for the spring I missed it by like .03 it was something it was something so ridiculous what they do is they say hey we've got 10 openings for an e5 they line everybody's numbers up based off of those criteria I just mentioned and then they circle you know the guy who's the last and then they say whatever his score was that's what you needed to make it then they'll tell you what score you needed to have to have made it and I was 0.03 like I was I wouldn't have got a DUI with that score it was something just ridiculous and I was like son of a gun I barely missed it I'm over there kind of bitching remember I'm doing all this extra work I'm an E4 everybody else is an E5 they're all making more money than me like hey can you sweep the floor by the way you make a lot more money than me I'm down there complaining about it. Another guy, McPherson, one of the bosses once didn't like him and gave him exceptionally low eval. Undeservedly so, in my opinion. The deal is, you got EPs, MPs, and Ps, early promote, must promote, and pro promote. MP, the must promote, that's the average grade. That's, an MP is just what they give everybody. It's a C. The promotable, you'd think that'd be a C. It's not. Promotable is like a D minus. You have to, to get below a promotable, you have to have like killed somebody. You have to be actually bad and done something breaking the law to get below a P. They don't want to give everybody an MP and an EP. Then They have to give some P's to make it Look like they're not just softies, I guess. I don't know. He gets a P, which is so his time and rate scores a lot because he's about to get out of the Navy, but he's still an E4. So he's been an E4 for years. I guess one other aspect of this the reason he's been an E4 for years because he's an electrician. ETs, electronics technicians, they all rarely re-enlist comparatively to electricians and they all make it like the first go around you take the test you make it i think i said this before the only time i didn't see a guy make it on the first go around he went to take the test it was a different test they said go ahead and take it anyway he said but you're going to grade my test and it's going to have different answers it's you know even if i answer one correctly as a on the test I'm supposed to have, the correct answer could be B. So even if I got the question right, I'm going to get it wrong because I can't see the other test. They're like, just take it. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. He was the only guy I've seen who ever didn't make it on the first time. For us, for electricians, it was so hard to make it. So many people re-enlisted. I don't know why. So many people re-enlisted Making E5 was a chore. It was a challenge. You were not going to make it. You might never make it. McPherson got this bad eval. Okay, that's, again, undeservedly in my opinion. He was an E4 lasting all this time. He's about to get out of the Navy. He comes, I'm complaining about me not making it, and he's saying, yeah, well, I finally made E5. I screwed the Navy because... They're not even gonna, you know, I'm not gonna wear it. I'm not even gonna put it on my uniform. I'm gonna be gone in two weeks, whatever. Like, dude, you didn't screw the Navy. You screwed me. You should have taken that test and put C on everything and been done in three minutes. Here's what happens now you're an E5, you get no money, they don't have to pay you, you get no rank no privileges. It doesn't matter for you. So you took an E5 billet and then you left. You're gone. So now they have another opening. Well, if I got E5, they would be paying me to be an E5. Now instead, based on my test score, I've, based on the fact that I got 0.03 away, like I know I'm going to make it in the fall. I said, dude, there's no, I'm going to make it in the fall, but this is six months. I could be getting paid E5 pay for six months, but now I'm not. That's not screwing the Navy because I'm doing the same job. It's, I'm doing the same amount of work for less money. How's that screwing the Navy? That's a good deal for them. Then I went to actually... I kind of use that message to myself when I got when I was getting out of the Navy. They have to rank the EPs. Excuse me. They have to rank the E5. So when you're E4, you I think they can give infinite EPs. I don't think it matters. But when you're an E5, there's a limited number. You can't give everybody an EP. Therefore, they would rank everybody one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Say there's hundred people. The top ten would get an EP. Number eleven, sorry guy. When I was in E5 and I was getting out, I went to them and I said, look, I know you got to give a certain amount of P's. I know you got to give a certain amount of MP's. I know you got to get, you can only give a few EPs. I said, put me is the P because I'm getting out and it doesn't matter. And somebody else who deserves it, I'm going to take their spot and I don't want that to happen to them. Especially because it happened to me and I can promise you it sucks. They ended up, I didn't know that there was a thing. I'm not sure if they did it differently for whatever reason, or maybe... I'm not sure. Let me just say that. Because it was the same group of people in charge when I got out. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I think it was Master Chief Heater was there. For both of these tales. And... um, Anyway, they, they made a, a list of people getting out. And it was... Now, I don't know what I'm talking about because I got confused. But when I got out, they made a list of a separate list. These guys are getting out, and this is their eval. And then these guys are not getting out, and this is their eval. And they ranked us. So, they ranked me with everybody else who was getting out. So, that was cool. I just didn't want to take... There was a lot of good people that I work with who, I'm sure, got good evals. Um, And they probably a lot of them or at least some of them would have been one lower if they ranked me with everybody else but i went to chief simmons i was like dude i missed by 0.03 he's like you got to be kidding me I said look but i got this nam for being on that deployment so i got that for this time frame i don't know if but i didn't get it till after and i knew you could back basically you could backdate your award say well I didn't have it yet because they hadn't given it to me yet but I did get it and then they'll make they'll add those two points and then if they added those two points it pushed me over the top he went to talk to somebody about it they ended up saying well your award was for January to April and you took the test in March so we can't even though you got the award for January and February but you also got it for April and that was after so we can't uh, we can't backdate your award, and that's how I made E five in the fall. And I think that's a good place to stop this assistant work center supervisor. Like I said, I think in another part uh, there'll be other tales, other stories, anecdotes from this whole time period when i do the the maintenance and the what i'm proud of section podcast episodes but for now that's kind of my assistant work center supervisor time frame after i listened to that section i realized i trailed off a couple times there was a two thoughts i had i didn't get out First, I was talking about my leadership style, the fact that I don't remember getting on people too many times. People mostly just did what they were asked to do. That people mostly just doing what, when you asked them to do something, they just did it. That had nothing to do with me. A point I was trying to make, a concept to get across, a thought I had that failed to come out of my mouth, was we had a good crew. We had a good group. I didn't, um people didn't listen to me and they didn't listen to anybody else and had literally nothing to do with me. They just... You know, you ask somebody to do something and they get to doing it. That's their job, their professionals. I don't know. It. I just wanted to make sure that it was clear that I wasn't talking myself up in some way. The second I had mentioned at the beginning of this. <laughs> so the assistant works and supervisors also in the last episode in this episode. But the beginning of this part. Of the second section. I said I had two points. One of them. Don't ask people to do something. That you're not. One. You have to have self-respect. In order to get the respect. Of others. To gain their respect. You have to be worthy of respect. I. Had made those changes about making sure my haircut was set, making sure my shoes are polished, making sure I'm following the rules to a much larger extent than I was when I was doing the bare minimum. I went above and beyond the bare minimum. I thought I needed to be respectable and respect myself in order to have these people... Look at me with respect to be the leader. I need to be on point. Part of that too, I think. You don't. In a way, it goes along with the fact that you shouldn't ask people to do things you yourself aren't doing. Not that I would go up and say, hey, your shoes aren't shined. Your hair isn't cut. That was more the LPO and the chief. I could, though. But just sweeping the floor. You could see someone like, yeah, well, you, you want me to sweep the floor? You made me do this? You can't even go get your fucking haircut. You look like shit, man. God. Right? It can take away from who you are and what you're doing when you don't do what you're supposed to do. When you maybe do the maintenance part, but not the Navy part. You do the watch standing part, but not the Navy part. All right, that's all I had in my notes. On to the work center supervisor section. Work center supervisor. I get that job November, December. I don't remember. We go on deployment January. I'll talk about it later, I'm pretty sure. I have a note to remember, so damn well better. But I actually got flown off the ship early from that deployment. Which was awesome and the best news I've ever heard. Also, I got to go to, uh, I think, a Kenny Chesney concert or something. That was the best Kenny Chesney concert I've ever been to. I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty dadgum sure that... I got to go on this concert. We bought the tickets only because we were, only because we were going to be there. You know, I wasn't going to be there. It was going to be the week before I got back. Now I'm getting back two weeks early. Boom. I can go. And this uh, Kenny Chesney concert, the best I've ever seen, best concert ever, San Diego, there's a place down in the south, Chula Vista, I, I can't remember the name of the venue, after we moved down there we went to several shows, we went to a Jack Johnson show, Brad Paisley, open air, there's a place in the Woodlands, the Woodlands Pavilion, it's Very similar to that. As soon as I got there, I was like, this is exactly like the Woodlands Pavilion, except for the weather's beautiful instead of 95 degrees and muggy. I was wearing, Mary had bought me a shirt that in no way in hell will fit me if I still had it. This nice Abercrombie long sleeve kind of vest. I liked it because I'm six foot tall. Not that tall, but tall enough that the arms never fit. I can't wear a long-sleeve t-shirt because when I wash it twice, it's now, I don't know what you call it on your arms, but if it was a pair of pants, they'd be high waters. This one didn't go that way. I didn't have to put it on and stretch it out, and hopefully it'll all work out as super comfortable. My favorite shirt, sweater, whatever. And I wore that, I was all excited, I was feeling good, I was back at home, the weather was great, it was a nice, crisp, cool, you know, it was 68 degree evening, the sun is setting. What did suck was there was a long line, long line for the beer. I went and I got the big one, I don't know what size that is, I'm assuming a 48 ounce. Just give me two. I'm not coming back, or at least I want to minimize the times I come back, so I had my two big beers, we had a blanket, we set it down on the ground, we're sitting there, we're waiting, this guy, actually, (coughs) okay, a couple things, so I'm just trying to say it was a beautiful experience, my first, I wasn't a Kenny Chesney fan before, I didn't listen to country music, Mary loves country music. After this experience, I was a huge Kenny Chesney fan. We bought the live album. It was great. It was great. Mary had, well, I guess I'll say, we'd set everything down. I'm sitting. I'm relaxing. I'm talking to Mary. Stuff's kind of happening. We're waiting for the buildup. We're waiting for the show. I've got my big beer I'm drinking. I've got another big beer right behind me. Mary does something, kicks over the big beer, which costs, you know, $10, or, well, I guess, probably, maybe then, it probably cost $22 now. She spills the whole beer, the whole freaking, I don't know, it I was just so, my right ass cheek was just completely soaked, we laughed about it, I'm like, dude, it's cold out here now, because the wind blows, and my right ass is cold, (laughs) one of the best parts of the show, which, Probably was only funny to me. There was a contest to see who would open for Kenny Chesney. So there was this contest open opening act. Then there was the opening act, which was actually Jewel. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure this was Jewel, the time we went there and saw Jewel. That might have been a Brad Paisley show. But it could have been this show. And Jewel came out. She started yodeling. Hey, I'm a yodeler. Okay. You want to hear me yodel? Sure. All six of us here want to hear you yodel. We're here for the main act. She started yodeling. Hey, I'm not into yodeling, but that, you know, that girl can sing. Then she says, do you want to hear me yodel faster? Yeah. Sure. Why not? What else am I doing? She yodels faster. You know what that was that was pretty good. Do you want to hear me yodel faster? Yeah, yeah, I kind of do because that was it was not and then and then it was let's let's yeah kick it up i'm i'm- i'm I'm intrigued wow that 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 was good that was impressive. This keeps going until eventually I don't know it sounded like there was four people on stage singing. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And she said she at one point in time, I said, oh, my God, it sounds like there's four people on stage. How is she doing that? And she says, do you want me to yodel yodel faster? And the whole, you know, obviously it's a 10,000 person, whatever arena venue. It's a quarter full. There's 3,000 people there do you want to hear me go faster? Yeah. It was this mighty cheer because we were all at that point, we were into it. She sucked us in. And then, and you thought there's no way it sounded like there was four people there. there's no way she could go faster than that. And then she did. It was, it was awesome. But before her, there was this other guy and he was the local, he was the local guy who won the competition and he's, excited hey thanks for having me here i wrote the song this is an original uh, i hope you like it you know come down to the Windjammer. that's not true that's in charleston but come down to the come down to the place that we play at whatever hey it's gonna be great thanks i'm so happy everybody biggest crowd i've ever played in front of and it was the super duper opener so it was pretty empty this one goes out to my mom that seems regular. Yeah, I can see that. Shout out to your mom. Biggest deal of your life. Shout out to your mom. He strums a few chords, little lead in. And then he starts singing the tune. It's like, you've never looked so beautiful as you do tonight as we sit here under the moon. And I put my tongue deep inside your mouth. What the, what you, you you might have won for the song. Don't dedicate that to your mom. That's, you, you got some problems. I was dying laughing so hard. Nobody else, nobody else cared. So I flew back early. Did this Kenny Chesney concert. But there was also, that's when I became, the work center supervisor. Garner wasn't anymore. It was just me. I picked, uh, Devlin was my assistant work center supervisor. They say that being the work center supervisor when you're shut down is the worst. And I'd heard that and people kind of, um, people had made jokes about it to me when I was the assistant work center supervisor I was going through this period like I said I didn't take any time for me I didn't watch movies I didn't see the sun the only way I got away was doing my laundry they're like dude being during the shutdown period it's the worst man I'm so busy right now 24 7 it can't be worse than this it wasn't worse in a bad way to me. It was worse in all my time is dedicated to this one thing. When I'm at home, I get to go home. <laughs> it won't be all my time. And then I went through it and I was like, oh man, yeah, I get, I get why people say that. It's just tough. All your bosses are always gone. Everyone you need to talk to, they're never available. Now, and I'll get to this kind of, and the good leader, I'm, I'm going to do a little leadership in the Navy sort of a section because I also want to talk about, if you're going into the Navy, what's my recommendation for you? The nuclear Navy, at least. And I had a family member join the nuclear Navy. This is what I told him before he got to the fleet. But... My group of guys was so unbelievably good. I was blessed. Luck had the, I mean. The guys I was with was like you playing poker for five hands in a row and just being dealt aces, 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 aces. I guess now we're into that. Texas hold them. but imagine we're not imagine it's five card draw or five card stud. It's just every hand, your first four cards are all the aces. okay, I've won it's already there. Imagine that happening five times in a row. That's the people I was given, and they may <laughs> if I didn't have them, it certainly would have been the worst experience ever. They were. not micromanagers they felt we each had our role and they allowed me to play a role I would say I think I did so well I think I was admirable I was this is me this is my podcast and I can say whatever I want and I think I did above average Uh, and I'll talk about why I think I did above average in the what I'm proud of because I think there are a couple of things I did that nobody else would do. But that could have never happened if these other guys didn't just let me, you know, they didn't trust, if they didn't trust me to do my role, my job, whatever I could do. Part of that too was I would go and see what I had to do I would try to see how that affected other people. Somebody asked me a question, I would try to understand why they were asking that question. If they asked me to do something, I'd try to understand why they wanted me to do that thing. And then I, if I understood that, I could s- predict when they might ask it again. And if I can predict when you might ask it again, I could do it ahead of time. And then when you asked it, I could say it's already done. And then if you ask me three times in a row and three times in a row, I say, it's already done. Number one, you feel good three times in a row. And then the fourth time you probably don't ask, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make your life easier. You know, I know what's going on from your perspective and I can deal with not everything you deal with very little of what you deal with, but I can try to help out, right? Right. But what did I do? You know, other than, hey, they want to sleep the floor. Okay, this guy's coming through every time this guy's coming through. And to make sure we sleep the floor. Yes, if we sleep the floor because the guy's coming through, then I'm gonna already have said yes. Don't need to worry about it. I knew that guy was coming through and I had the floor swept. I would schedule these maintenance items and plan for that. And what made it so difficult? Several factors. Number one, my bosses were all unavailable because they were at meetings all day long with the shipyard. What are you doing at your meetings? Why are you at so many meetings? We're coordinating. What are you doing? I'm doing this. We're going to tear a hole in this wall. We're going to build this thing. We're going to do that. And then we're going to take this pump and we're going to take it and we're going to refurbish it. Okay. What are you guys doing? It's the shipyard to my chief, and then they talk, and then we have a conversation, and I was supposed to print off what we were doing, give it to them. It was just a cluster. More than once, they never, ever, 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 ever wanted you to not do your maintenance on the week it was scheduled. To not do it on the week it was scheduled, you'd have to circle the maintenance item and then put an arrow. It was like the opposite of a talking bubble on a cartoon. That little part going to the mouth is going out the top with the little arrow. Then you'd have to route that through everybody on the whole ship and their mother until you got to the executive officer who was in charge of the 3M program. Nobody wants to send something to the executive officer that he has to look at and sign and then say, well, why do I have to look at this and why do I have to sign this? Well, you know, EM3 Lancaster, he, uh, he took too many snack breaks. Didn't have time this week. Really? Really? This is not going to fly. Everybody freaked out when you had to do it. I had to do this, I it seemed like every two, three weeks. I would send somebody down to do maintenance. They would come back and say, I can't do this. Okay, I understand you can't do the maintenance. You don't really know what to do. Why don't you tell me the, you know, let's, I'll walk you through it. It's okay. I'll I'll show you how to go to hazmat, how to get the MSDS, Look at what you need for your safety precautions. I'll you, you know, hey, it's my job to show you. I'll make sure you do a good job. No, I can't do it because the machine isn't there. What? Yeah, it's gone. I went down to uh, okay, you're kind of new. You probably you probably looking in the wrong spot. I'll walk you down there and walk them around. We'd go to where it was. Sure enough, it's gone. It's unbolted. There's a hole or you know, some bolts sticking up where the thing used to be. Dude, it's gone. You're right. I'm sorry for doubting you. I don't know what they were doing in all those meetings because they sure weren't coordinating or at least we were coordinating and they weren't. That's actually what I think was more likely there were some parts of the job that we did regularly some were esoteric didn't really happen all that often every time someone had to do something they would come up and say hey I' do, this is I don't I don't know I do this like once a year part of that and going back to the me being spot check petty officer and making a system to try to Henry Ford assembly line just keep them coming keep them coming keep them coming I realized asking all these maintenance workers to do their own maintenance starting with writing up the work order or the purchase order if you think of it that way this was not this wasn't the best way to do it I ended up explaining it to Every single person, multiple times. And some people, for whatever reason, I don't know, they're all smart. I know, I definitely know they're all smart. They would come up and say, I I swear to God I explained this to, to you two weeks ago. And you have no idea right now. I took my friend, and it was a bit of nepotism on my part. But my, my friend Cliff, I had him become the paperwork writer guy. And he sat in the office with me all day long and he wrote paperwork. And I say nepotism while everybody else, you know, some people are sleeping on the floor and running away for four hours. No, he was working all the time. But it was nepotism because I thought to myself, who do I want to be trapped in a room with all day long? Oh, I'm going to be trapped in a room with Cliff. I think he got a good deal too, number one. He got to hang out with me, which is everybody's idealistic version of a good time. Also, he didn't actually have to do the maintenance. He just had to ride it up. So, yeah, there are benefits and costs. At that time when we were... You know, I would stay. Basically, everybody else would go home and then I would stay. Sometimes Cliff would stay a little bit, but I liked. I liked everybody else to go home when they needed to go home. It's time to go home. You've done your dues, go home. And I would stay late. And I would do my thing. And then. I'd go home, drink a Coors Original, which is the best. Then I might go pick up Cameron, or I'd pick up Cameron and then go home and drink a Coors Original. I'd be tired, just tired from the day, tired from maybe the Coors Original. She was two. We had this cool little place. And she was just... Girls are different than boys. hundred percent. I've seen I, I I say that having two girls. But I've seen boys, and I am a boy. Boys are just off the wall. They won't stop doing stuff. When I was a kid, if you'd asked me to color, I'd have just taken those colors and started throwing them all over the room. I'm not coloring anything. The Coloring is dumb. The coloring is stupid. Give me a ball. I'll throw it somewhere. But I had a girl. The best. I would come home and put my arm. I would get her to play something somehow. And then we'd be on the floor playing like check checker outer. What do you want? I don't know. What do you have? Hmm. And then she would spend all the time. Picking everything out in the room while I lay there, immobile, falling asleep. And then, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that too. Why don't you make a pile over there and then come get me? Yeah, I'd like all that stuff. And then she would check them all out. Other times, I I remember sleeping with my arms around her. So Mary worked at the bank. Sometimes she wouldn't come. She'd have like the, you know, people get off work and need to go deposit their paychecks or whatever. I would have little baby Mamron in my arms, kind of in the little shield or something. I don't know, like my arms around her little waist. And then if she kind of tried to get out of that, I'd wake up. Oh, okay. Like you can do what I'm, I'm the seat belt. You're sitting in the seat. I'm the seat belt. You're not getting into trouble as long as you're in this area. Your coloring is fine. Whatever you're doing is fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a five minute nap and then as soon as you start to move out of that, I'm just gonna wake up and it'll be But that was always kinda crazy and not crazy funny to me. And it was that song, uh You know I like my chicken fried. She loved, 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 loved that song. Mary got me that album randomly. I don't know why. Sometimes she gets me the random gifts. Sometimes those gifts, I'm like, why'd you get me this? And then I still think years later, why'd you get me this? And sometimes she gets me these random gifts that I never would have bought. And years later, I'm forever grateful. That's one of my favorite albums, that Zach Brown thing. I never would have bought it. I don't know, Father's Day something. She just got me Zach Brown. Oh, so you listen to him? No, but I heard it was good. I remember taking bat, you know, taking a bath, drinking a Coors, singing a song, having, you know, just relaxing, and it was so good to be home. So good to be home with my family. You're gone forever. It was ten months out of nineteen of Cameron's first months. I was gone. We were in a two week underway there. We were in and out here. You know, it was, that's not all the time I was gone. That was all the time. That doesn't count my duty days. That was just me on deployment. That was me in Asia. <laughs> just to be home was awesome and to have that and then I had so much fun with the Gregory's. It was a really good time the work me being work center soup. And it and it also sucked when I was at work every Sunday. It was just I had a list of stuff I would be nervous about all oh God, I have so much stuff to do. So much stuff to do. I remember one time so I, I kept a sheet of paper. Three sheets of paper. Often three sheets of paper mostly three sheets of paper one of them being blank it was my extra i would be told of something somebody would catch me in the hall Jesus motors would come up hit me in the hall hey this thing's broke okay pull out that sheet of paper and i'd write it down boom got it fold it up walk I, he walks his way i walk mine okay who's the last person to work on this i'm not sure I got to ask somebody. to. I think it might have been so-and-so. Let me get with them. Okay, what else? All right, I've kind of got this worked done. But I'm going to watch, so what can I really do? I'll get to watch, and then maybe I'll make some phone calls. If nothing's going on. But I had it down. I had a list. It was on my list. I would send somebody out. They would look at it. Here's the issue. And I had the date on everything. Look at this. Chief Simonis, what's today? I don't know. I'm going to make up a day. 727. I talked to somebody. I'd say, told so-and-so, 727. This is, he looked at it. Nothing obvious. 728. Still looking. Still can't figure it out, 728. Going to call... The people who made it. could have call the company. Called the company. Think it might be this, 729. Needs new part. Tags hung. 730. Part on order. 730. Anytime somebody wanted to know anything about what happened, I could pull out this sheet of paper. I could see everything I had going on. Times, dates, people all the information, as something got done, I would cross it off. Then I had this extra sheet of paper. I could write something new on it if I needed. Mostly I would take these old items and get rid of the stuff that wasn't done and reconsolidate it. Like, oh, these four things are done, but these two aren't. I'll put these two on my new sheet and I can get rid of this old sheet. Boom. Now the next time somebody runs into me in the hall, I'll write something down on there. But I'm going to replace that with an extra sheet of paper. That was my system. It was so simple. I got out of the Navy. I could never find like an app where there's just an infinite amount. Like you can click the plus and then it shows below. They just need an app with an infinite out, an infinite amount of pluses. And then you put time, date, name, place. You can, I, I know who I need to talk to. And if somebody asks me about it, and I won't, I know who I talk to and when. Who's on it? I had these situations, you know, on this sheet, several of them, and I had to deal with personnel stuff too. I guess I'll talk about this. Well, I'll talk about it now, and then I'll cross it off the list. But when I was in. My out of plant job, I had a guy, he wouldn't do it. I'd ask him to do something, he wouldn't do it. I asked him to do it, he wouldn't do it. I sat him down and I was like, hey, I ask you to do something and you don't do it. What's the deal? Is everything okay? What's the problem? Look, you're a friend. I will send your ass out of here tomorrow. If you think I won't get rid of you, you're wrong. And if that ruins a friendship, it ruins the friendship. But you can't sit here and do nothing. You do your job. That's my expectation. I'm cooler about it than a lot of other people would be. I'm nicer to you. I give you more slack. Some people need order. But I'm more, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. If you don't do it, I'm going to get rid of you. Except for I can't because it's the Navy. This guy, uh, I had troubles with him. It was very stressful. How do you deal with a guy? You don't want to get rid of him. Sending him back to plant is not only a demotion, but it's a uh, embarrassment. All of these changes happen on a regular basis. Maybe you were here three months later. They say, here's everybody's new jobs. da 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 Okay, so what happens if a month later some guy's like, you're not there anymore? Oh my God, it's because you sucked, or else they wouldn't have made the change. And that's true. It's like, do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be that guy? It was a big problem. And he stepped it up afterward and he fell back down. I think he did good enough to last through. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I had to deal with I'm the whole point was it wasn't all hey, we're friends. Everybody does what I say because I'm awesome and they all love me. That's not what happened. Instead I had to be like you. Get the fuck over here. Or whatever I was gonna say, I don't know. It was just a pain. It was just a huge pain. One day, I remember to the coming to the flight deck. We were In this shutdown maintenance period, we had our quarters on the flight deck. On the hangar bay, they had all the, these like, semi-trailers? The semi-trailers were where the offices were because the offices were getting redone. You know, you had to have a temporary space. I'm not sure if that was true for everyone. I don't remember how it worked. Similar to that, though. The reactor office wasn't where it normally was. It was in the hangar bay where we met. Wasn't in the training room or whatever. It was now on the flight deck. On the flight deck, it was cool. I had my first phone. I had one of those. Nobody will probably remember this. It was Verizon, I think. They had a music phone. And I got it. The advertisement was, this phone has music. Dun, dun, dun. It can hold up to, you know, 150 songs. Well, I didn't have that feature. I didn't have music on it. What I liked about it was it was super small, this little rectangle. And then you could slide the bottom out. And when you slid the bottom out, that's where the keypad was. They didn't have the big old touch screens or anything, the screen wasn't touch screen at all, as a matter of fact. But to keep it small, and I didn't like anything in my pocket. So I was like, oh, I'll get that one. I really like that phone. But it also came with 30 days or 60 or 90 days of free internet. And I had the free internet so we would be on the flight. That I could get internet service because it's right in the harbor of downtown San Diego on Coronado Island right across the bay. And I would look at this phone and try to read through. It's it's, looking at this old phone. It's completely unimaginable now. It was half the thickness of my iPhone. I have the iPhone ten. I don't know the. It's. I had the iPhone seven, but the big one. I think. I have the bigger version, and it's like half a bigger version of an iPhone. Or maybe three quarters, and just the length of it was two or three inches. You're trying to read like this ESPN article, but you have to keep scrolling and sliding and moving over because you can't see anything. And I'm so happy I could be on this <laughs> listening to these talks. They had a talk, one of these talks, they said, they would always say, de energization, de energization. This is the, we're, we're going to go through the de-energization process. Why are you saying de-energization? Don't ever say de-energization. It's the stupidest word I've ever heard. I remember leaving one of those, ranting and raving about how dumb saying, we're going through the de-energization of this. We're going to do the de-energization. Well, Cole, you're ranting and raving, but de-energization this is such a normal word everybody says this this is regular what other word are you going to say it's like first off whenever it comes to the word or the syllable the thought jizz that's if i can get rid of that out of my vocabulary i go ahead and take that chance and when you say de-energization you're going out of your way to add it in so i'm out on that Number two, every time you say deenergization, you could just say de-energize. What are you going to do? I'm going to de-energize that. What are you going to do? I'm going to do the de-energization of this. See how dumb the second one sounds? You're trying to sound smart. You're trying to sound professional. The way to sound professional is add-ization on everything. What are you doing? I'm going through to the openization of this door. Just say you're opening the door, bro drives me nuts a second time I was going that I remember coming out of there and having a conversation with friends I had this it wasn't that guy that I was just telling you about but I had several situations I didn't know how I was going to solve it I was nervous on Sunday night, I had to have a vodka drink to calm down enough to go to sleep. Just, oh, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Very stressful lifestyle. I get up stressed. Don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Go to training. I'm leaving. I've got all this on my mind, but not thinking about a step by step action here's what i'm going to do here's the process it's floating around in the back where you think you're just walking you think you're not paying attention to anything yet you feel a lot of stress because of these situations who you're just rolling around in the back of your mind i stopped out in my tracks like grab the shoulders of the guy behind me whoa guys behind me the guys to my sides like my left and my right and i'm just grabbing somebody like, oh my god what just happened And everybody says what just happened i had an epiphany i never understood the word epiphany maybe i did but i didn't i don't know but i'm a hundred percent believer in an epiphany now having something in the back of your mind walking along the flight deck boom the answer just flies right into your brain. You're not even thinking about it. Gah! Gah! You immediately know to write it out, to think about it, would take five seconds, ten seconds, a minute. But you instantly know from start to finish exactly what you're due in the flash of a second. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you can think... So quickly to have so many thoughts compressed into so little time. And that's an epiphany. Not only that, it, I specifically remember it was three issues. I don't know what they are, but I remember having three issues. Suddenly, I had this epiphany the answer from start to finish. Go here, talk to this guy, get this thing. Take that, go here, trade it for this because he likes that, then get this. Then trade it, then go here, trade that to this guy because he likes, these were long chains of events. These were processes that flung themselves into my brain having nothing to do with my own skill, talent, or intellect. They just came into my brain and I immediately knew how I was going to solve these three difficult questions that had very literally kept me up at night. Grabbing these guys. What's going on, Cole? Instead of saying, hey, let's go down. We got to do this. I got to do this. You know, ah, i being stressed. I looked at him and said, let's go get breakfast. Let's just get breakfast. I got... I. I got it. I've got everything figured out now. It was cool. It was really cool. Another part of my job, you know, I trained people, but someone may have done some work. I would look through their work to make sure it was up to standards and then I'd say, okay, you're good or we would be doing like a clean and inspect of a of a, a big piece of equipment in the utility terms like a substation and inside the con- little control house every you know different persons looking at everything they would come to me and say hey how does this look i would check to make sure that that they had done what they were supposed to do I would also, as part of that, sometimes equipment would break. I would assign someone. Most people would go down, do some kind of cursory investigation, and then they would come back and say, no, I don't know what to do. Well, what have you done? I'd be in the office. Man, you sent me to fix this. I went down there. I I don't know what to do. Okay, that's fine. And what have you done so far? Well, we went down there. Okay. We talked to the guy. Okay. What did he say? He said it doesn't work. And then what did you do? Well, we came to find you. All right. Did you see if the power was on? No. So we're electricians. The best thing to do is to see if the power is on. Why don't you go check the breaker, see how it's plugged in. You know, open up the panel. Don't don't touch anything. You can look, but don't touch. See if you see a wire cut in half. If you smell something burning, maybe you'll see something that's off. Like there's just one out. You're like, oh, this is just out. Look down, sometimes there'll be one that isn't tightened down all the way, so it'll be on there, but it's not really on there, it's kind of above there, but there. Look for stuff like that. Oh, okay. But there were a couple guys, I had a couple guys, and that was why I picked uh, Devlin, I think I said earlier, as my assistant works in her suit. There were not very many. 80-20 rule, I, I love it. It holds solid. 80-20 rule, though. I only had a couple guys I could say. And I think I mentioned this before when I was the new guy. Somebody told me to do something, they'd have to worry about it after that. There was, I'm, I'm going to. Devlin was like that. And then Herrera. Herrera was, I believe, people would ask me, well, who do you want to be your assistant works in a suit? I said, Herrera, but he's not even qualified yet. Dude is awesome. He's a master chief now. Good God. Love that guy. He totally earned it. I hope he didn't turn into one of those dickhead master chiefs. I don't think he did. But if he did, fuck him. <laughs> no, he didn't. I love that guy. But Herrera is one where it's, hey, I'm going to ask you to get something done. I don't have to worry about it again. If I don't see you for two days, I don't sit here and say, I haven't seen this guy for two days. Other people, I would say, okay, I sent this guy to do something. He hasn't seen, I haven't seen him in a couple hours. It's on my mind. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him, which means he didn't come see me. I need to make sure I get in touch with him to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Half the time, they would say, I haven't got to it yet. We'll get on it now. The other half the time, well, I reached a stall spot. Well, if you you stalled out, why didn't you come see me? Not Devlin Herrera. There's probably some more in there. But it was basically the 80-20 rule. These guys... I didn't see him for two days. I knew when I saw him, I'd say, hey, Herrera, what's up with this pump? Well, I looked at this, I looked at this, I looked at this. Funny thing is those usually fix it, but it didn't this time. So I had to go get the book. I read the book. And then I looked at this other thing. Turns out that was it. So I went to the thing. I went to supply. I asked supply to order it, but it's not going to be here till the end of the week. So I hung some tags so everybody knows it's going to be out to the end of the week. Boom. When it's there, I'm going to go back and check, and then I'm, I'm going to reinstall it, and then it'll be done. And I know that that guy will actually go look at the end of the week when the parts are supposed to be there, get the parts, and then go fix it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to take that. I'm going to write all that down on my list, my back pocket. But I also don't have to worry about it, you know? Other people... That's not how it went. Other people... Kind of going out of order my notes here. So I think we're going to end this section with two stories about other people. How was it like with others? There was a person... Who had been in the Navy longer than I had. And I was the boss. I. Don't remember the exact. Situation. But I felt it was something easy like. Sweeping the floor. Hey I need you to go to sleep the floor. But it wasn't that easy. Because that would be even too easy. This is a great example about. How a lot of people would act though. They don't want. They remind me of Keeley. Hopefully she listens to this one day. I love you. But at least a young version of Keeley. What year is it? 2021. She's 10. Going on 11. Gosh. But growing up with the big sister. Who's kind of bossy. And. She defers to asking a question. Part of it to me is if I ask the question, maybe they'll just go ahead and do it. You know, if I say, hey, how do you get the butter? Here's how you do it. And then they'll go get the butter. like, they'll show you. Okay, well now I just didn't do that, right? Check. That sort of thing drives me nuts, by the way. And if Keely's listening to this, Hopefully one day when she's 50 years old or something and I'm dead and gone or whatever, she'll laugh and say, no, that really does drive him crazy. You didn't do anything at all. Take some responsibility. Well, this guy, he comes up to me. He'd been there for forever and I asked him how to do something easy. you know, It was easier than, excuse me, it was more difficult than changing a light bulb. Sweeping the floor. And yet it was something I know that years ago I would have been, I would have had no problem taking care of. You've been here longer than me. I say, hey, go do this thing. You ought to just get it, get it, get her done, man. Get her done. I don't know why I got ex I shouldn't have to explain it to you anyway because there's guys like Sanchez and Herrera and Devlin. I can't remember everybody. God, that's kind of sad. I love them all if I saw them. Gooch, she's the best. But I said to this person, hey, go do the thing. I saw this thing. Hey, go do the thing. He said, how do I do the thing? I said, what the fuck are you talking about? How do you do the thing? How how do you not do the thing? Get the fuck out of here with that. He's like, well, you know, I'm not quite sure. How the fuck are you not sure? This is the easiest fucking thing anybody's ever done. You've been here six fucking years. You can't fucking do this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You need help with that. Are you out of your fucking mind right now? And he got, He was kind of a laugher. Okay, like maybe he really realized. Yeah, maybe I just spouted off. I didn't think about it first. And I was in no mood for that. I said, "Hey, bro." He was uh, his rack was to the left. Like, he come down the main hall, his rack was off to the left. I was walking toward my rack, and I saw him. All the lights and birthing were on. Hey, can you go grab this thing real quick? Going to take f- five minutes max. It was no big deal. Dang it! I just spilled my drink. This episode is brought to you by. Knob Creek Smoked Maple, and Coors Original, which is the Knob Creek Smoked Maple I got from Mary. I didn't think it would be any good, but uh, it, uh, well, I didn't think it'd be bad or else I wouldn't have bought it, right? But it really exceeded my expectations. I guess it'll just be what it is. Hold on. Most of it got on the coaster, so I think we're okay. All right. So I asked the guy to do something fairly simple. He should know how to do. He says he doesn't know. I start flipping out on him. I said, you know what? If you can't do that, you know, if you need help explaining how to do that, I'll fucking explain it to you. He's standing in his rack. Like I was saying, I was walking by to go mine. I just saw him. He was changing out of his workout clothes or something like that. Putting on his, he, he needed to put on his uniform to go down in a plant and do whatever he's got to do or just live his life. I can't go anywhere and do anything in workout clothes. As he's taking his socks off and putting new socks on and he's going through this whole lengthy process, I start talking to him. Hey, you need help with that? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take off that old shit clothes and you're going to put on a uniform. Got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, you're gonna take out the old shit clothes, you can put that uniform on, you can put them old clothes in your locker. Got it? Yeah, I got it. You're gonna take off them old shit clothes, you're gonna put on your uniform, you're gonna put them old clothes in your locker, then you're gonna close your locker. You're gonna take off them old shit clothes, you're gonna put on your uniform, you're gonna put them in your locker, you're gonna close your locker, you're gonna close the flap on your locker. You're gonna take on them old clothes, you're gonna put off that. You're gonna put them in your locker, you're gonna close your locker, you're gonna close your you're gonna put your locker in the lock. You're gonna take off them old ship clothes, you're gonna put off your uniform, you take the old clothes, you're gonna put them in the locker, you're gonna close your locker, you're gonna close the flap, you're gonna put your lock on, then you're gonna put your lock through the hole, and then you're gonna snap it shut. I talk to him like that to put your clothes on, get here, walk out to the hall. Once you get here, put on your clothes, put on the other thing, come out here, turn around, turn and a half sideways, walk out to the hall, turn right. Come out here, put on your thing, put on the lock, do do your thing, good thing, come out, walk out of the hall, turn right, walk forward. Come out here, put on your clothes, do the thing, put in the lock, close your lock, do the thing, do the thing, whatever. Come out here the thing, turn right, walk forward, walk to the door. Take out that clothes, put on these clothes, put this thing in your locker, close the locker, open the dock, close the flap, put the lock in, close it, walk out the wall, third floor, walk, walk to the forward, hit the door, stick out your arm. Put out your clothes, walk, walk forward, put out your arm, grab the handle. Grab the handle and turn it to the right. Grab the handle, turn it to the right and pull it open. I told him over and over again how to do every step of that process by the time he got to the door. I was explaining him how to get out of the he had to still change his clothes, so I had a huge head start as he's walking out the door. I'm explaining to him how to get out the door and pull the door open how how do how do I need to do that? Okay, I'll explain to you how to do literally everything, bro. And I was, since I was just going off on him, there became like a a fight scene in a movie or something. There's a crowd around us as I'm just berating him, telling him how to do every, how do you live every single second of your life? Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, heartbeat, 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 heartbeat. That was the level I was going to. And there was another time um, a guy, this was... I'll have a deal on leadership. This isn't in there, and I just now thought of it. But uh, how awesome Simper and uh, Chief Simonas were! So we would go through these inspections, crazy, crazy inspections. Every second, every bolt, every second. I guess they would take many seconds, but they weren't grading you on the seconds. They were grading you on every bolt, every letter, every, the smallest detail. You've never been through anything like it, likely. They would have an inspection mirror looking on the back of every single bolt. The quality assurance was insane. They would see two bolts on one thing, two bolts on another thing, two bolts, 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 two bolts one bolt. This is wrong. I'm saying bolts. I guess I mean nuts. They found one. We also had one of everything somewhere, but it was never in anywhere particular. Like... uh I'm trying to think. I can't even. If Say you have six junk drawers in your house and someone were to say, go grab a battery. You might, okay, I've got these six junk drawers. I know there's batteries somewhere. I'm not worried about it. It's one, one And then you'd go look through the six drawers. So at any particular drawer, you'd open it up and you'd think, it's probably not in here right? It's probably not. But in all of these drawers, we, we probably have one. So each time you open a drawer, you're like, it's not going to be here. But if you said, go on the search through the house, yeah, we're going to find it. It's a situation like that. I'm trying to think of every single place we're missing a lock washer. This guy gives us the most insane inspection. We've had five other people look through this exact same thing. This guy spends an hour looking through, you know, a four-by-four section just to make sure he doesn't miss anything, and he doesn't. He manages to find the most useless issue ever, and nobody can go home, and it's already an hour after the time we're supposed to leave. Which means everybody wants to go home. So, the dude comes in, finds a deal, and he says, come get me when you're done. I found one mistake, one mistake only. I have to find one mistake. I found it. I'm leaving. When you get that fixed, prove it to me. We'll all go home. I'm ready to go home. Everybody else, they're ready to go home. I start grabbing just you know, the person in front of me, I say their name and I say a spot. You go to two plant over here. You go to two plant over there. You go to the mechanics. You go to the ETs. You go to our spot. I mean, I'm sending people all over the ship. The further deep I get, it's kind of like the less likely I think there's going to be one there. I've sent 10 people going to 10 different places. I get to the 11th. Like, hey, guy, I need you to go over to one plant and look in there. They call it a Vidmar. It's the brand. But it's just these big-ass drawers I we'll talk about it later, but I organized ours, but a lot of them weren't, and it was just a big ass drawer, it's a file cabinet, and you just open this file cabinet, but they're wider, and the drawers are thinner, and you open it up, and it's just a cluster, just every, it's like somebody took, um, uh, went to Home Depot, dumped everything out into a trash barrel, On uh, you know, that aisle where they've got all the nuts and bolts, and these are the wood screws, and these are the other screws, and these are the whatever, and these are the hooks, I've got this, I've got that. And they just dump it all into a trash barrel. They shake that trash barrel. Maybe they get Andre the giant or something so that he can actually do it. And they shake that bastard up and down and left and right and upside down. And they get everything all shook up nice and even. Then they just take handfuls and they throw it in, in, into this, into the top and then the middle and the bottom until it's all full. And then they leave. And it's just a nightmare. So there's something in there, but God knows what. Probably not what you're looking for, but you could probably find something you need sometime. And I ended up sending this guy into this location saying, okay, I sent this guy to supply because they might have a package of them ready to go, and then we're done but if they don't i'm going to send this guy you know and that and i get down to this just nightmare of a situation kind of sort of not really for um not like i picked this guy out for this nightmare situation or anything it was just i'm thinking of spots and you're standing in front of me i get to the guy again it's a it's a huge point that i've already spent 10 i've already sent 10 people to 10 other places everybody was rearing to go cuz you look you find, you go home. You don't look, you or you don't find, you don't go home. I'm like, hey, dude, you go, you go here. Got it. He's running, running. Next guy, you go here. He's running. Got it. Next guy, got it. You go here. He's running. Get to this guy. I'm like, hey, go over here. He's like, oh, there's not one over there. Excuse me? There's not one over there. Really, there's you you can tell from right here that there's not one in that Vidmar over there. Yeah, there's not one over there. Oh are Are you fucking Superman? <laughs> what? Are you fucking Superman? Like Superman. Do you know Superman? Yeah. Are you fucking Superman? No. So you're telling me straight up right now that you don't have x-ray eyes. You're not Superman. You don't have x-ray eyes. No, I I don't have x-ray eyes. So you can't see through this wall right here. No, I can't see through this wall. So you can't see through this wall and then that other wall. Two. No, no, I can't see through that. So you can't see through this wall and this wall and this wall and this wall and this wall. No, I can't see through any of them. So you can't see through this wall, this wall, this wall, and this wall and this wall and this wall. And then through the drawers in that Vidmar. From here, you can't see through all these walls and then see through the fucking drawers to see what's in that fucking Vidmar. No, no, I can't see. I I can't see that. Then go fucking look. The best part of the story. I was an E4. I couldn't, everything in the Navy's a chit. I couldn't write any chits. I couldn't do anything. I could just berate people, I guess. So the guy walks away to go do what I told him. And I'm standing there like, why has it always got to be this way? Why can't I, dude, just go look? Like, I didn't think it was there either. But it's got to be somewhere. And we are I know we're not leaving until we find it. Let's go look, man. <laughs> so I'm standing. it's kind of like, again, a, a, a quarters muster situation. All of the junior people are facing the senior people. And the senior people at this point is me, Chief Simonis, and uh, the LPO, which was Joel Simper so walks up to simper and says hey write that guy a counseling shit which is a bad deal it's like getting written up it's a bad on your eval and whatever you have to have a conversation about how you're being a dickhead they would give you one for showing up late stuff like that so (laughs) sorry I kind of messed it up. Simper, Simonis, myself, this happens. I walk over there. I'm kind of just scratching my forehead. Simonis walks up to Simper, says, hey, give that guy a counseling chip. Okay, I'll give him a counseling chip. What do you want? What do you want it to say? Know your fucking role.